The human male never seems to progress past adolescence. Welcome to the comic trope. We're in a small room. It's 1999. The movie Whoa. theater is dark, and we're here early. Wait, we're in a small room in a movie theater? Welcome oh. to the comic trope. Right. We're in a small room that also happens to be a movie theater. It's 1999. This movie theater is dark, and we're here early to watch previews of upcoming blockbusters like The Cell and Little Nicky. Amos is charging his pager with a Y2K safe arm crank, and Dave is brushing his goatee, accidentally spilling some surge on his new fly khakis. And I'm humming. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. All right, I quit. Are we are we watching Mystery Men? Is that what we're in the theater to see? Yes. Oh man, I love that movie. <laughs> that is a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. How you guys doing? <clears throat> Pretty good. How do you feel that we watch the Phantom Menace? Uh, less, less so. Just feelings. <laughs> less. Feel how are you feeling? So. I feel less because. Of... No, no. You asked how we were doing. I said pretty oh, good. Yeah, and yeah. I, how are you feeling now that we've watched the Phantom Menace? And I said less so. <laughs> yeah. My lips are extremely chapped, but I don't really blame that on, or I do blame that on the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's that's totally acceptable. It just pulls all the moisture out of. I you. guess. Well, no, he drank yeah. heavily while watching it. So. Uh, no, I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> There's not enough. Um, you cannot intoxicate yourself enough to watch that movie and not get angry. That's I don't it. know if I get angry. Yeah, I think. Okay, so let, let's. Uh, there's like several stages of Star Wars uh, grief that you go through when discussing the Phantom Menace. Because I mean, I saw it at midnight the night it was released uh, in 1999. I was. Uh, a senior in high school, probably. Yeah, finishing up my senior year in high school, and wow, I, I think that I was just so hyped by everything that nothing could have brought me down off that. You know, I'm watching Jar Jar, and I'm like, mm, this is kind of fucking goofy. I don't know that I really am, am that down with it. Uh, and then you know, watching watching it subsequent times in the theater, I was like, yeah, well, it's pretty good. It's it's Star Wars. This is great. I can't believe there's a new Star Wars in movies. Uh, in, the- in in theaters, um, and then as time went by, I got through college, and we finished all of the the trilogy. I think I started to look back on that and go, okay, well that one was a that one was a what do they call it? A mulligan. We'll just call it a mulligan. <laughs> uh, I remember now watching this in a theater, and last time we did a Star Wars special, Amos asked me like, or you both were like, how do you, how do you not how do you be a nerd and not watch this? And not be a Star Wars guy. I remember giving up on Star Wars after this movie. <laughs> and I, I was reliving it when I watched it again. That I actually think that I forgot all things Star Wars because of how traumatized I was after this film. Hmm. You know what's funny is to watch um, footage from opening night when you know fans were being inter- star wars fans being interviewed right after they saw it and they were ecstatic about it it's weird right yeah. well i mean that's to my that, that was my point is just that like we couldn't fucking believe it i think it's funny how people develop their own opinions and then the the zeitgeist kind of gets a hold of them and uh you know, once there's a consensus that something is bad, a lot of people sort of align and they're not lying about it. They, they get this revisionist 
thing going on. Right. And they think it's bad now. <clears throat> I I never thought that film was good. So no, I remember I was about fourteen, and I remember liking it more or less. There were scenes I liked, but I didn't think I thought it was a little dull. And I remember finding the droids, like the um, the uh, Federation droids, really annoying. Mm-hmm. And, Roger, Roger. Yeah, and Jar Jar was terrible. So before we go into the movie, let's do some Hoth breakers. Still don't know what a Hoth is, by the way. Should Planet. I? Planet. After this movie? No, no. not okay. yet. Got it. You'll get there. Good. All right, guys. We could also do some Starkiller base breakers. <laughs> Starkiller <laughs> base could. apparently also very cold. I bet Blake doesn't remember mm-hmm. that one. Hothbreaker. Live your life as a Nemodian, along with the bad accent. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Okay. They're the fish people. Nemodian? Right? No, they're the... Well, they're fishy. Yeah. Fishy that have... But they're not the fish people. That's okay. the Mon Calamari. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of like the greys from every other generic sci-fi mm-hmm. movie. But they have what I consider borderline offensive accents. Oh, it was a big thing All at right. the time. Was it? Okay. Yeah. I can see why. Got Is it. that legal? Oh, all right, so either you have to live your life as them along with that accent. Live underwater with Gungans, never to leave. Are you a human or a Gungan? You're a human. All right. Okay. Forced to voice Jar Jar in an upcoming short film where he takes a vacation to Jamaica. Okay, so the scenario here is you are a either A, you're an annoying alien species with a weird accent. Correct. B... You you're live. a human that lives among a bunch of annoying aliens with weird accents. Correct. Or C, you are a human in this reality, and all you are doing is voice acting for a movie. The movie is Jar Jar Goes to Jamaica. Right. <laughs> Jar Jar's Jamaican <laughs> vacation. Jar Jar is Jamaican you crazy in this upcoming short film. I think I'd take C. I would, too. What? Well, I don't want to be a Nemoidian. They look but you're lame. Gonna be no- <laughs> you're going to be known, though, as... The new voice of Jar Jar. One, I can live with that. And B, it's going to be very awkward. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll pay me. They're going to am pay I, me. Wait, am I doing Jar Jar's voice? Or yes. Am I doing every voice? You're doing Jar Jar's voice. Oh, well, then they can't say that it's like a white guy doing black voice. It's a weird alien creature that kind of sounds. It's too. I think it's a little too removed for people <clears throat> to really get up in arms about okay. that. It's not like having. Um, uh, which actor was it? Jason Fines. There's someone Ray Fines, Ray F- what, playing Michael Jackson in that BBC thing. Or Got whatever. it. Let me switch the rules around and make this more difficult. Then. Okay. C is now you have to dress up like Jar Jar Binks and go to Jamaica to film a new reality show <laughs> in which you are Jar Jar Binks meeting Jamaican people. That sounds phenomenal. <laughs> I'm still gonna pick that one. Yeah. Because I don't. If I was a, a Nemordian, I'd have to bone other Nemordians, assuming they bone. Who knows? They could spawn. They, they could. Yeah, I don't even want to think about they it. They could like rub their asses over a clutch of eggs to fertilize them. Who knows? Really, what what goes down? Um, I don't want to live with the Gungans because then you could never bone. You would just be living with fucking uh, duck beagles all the time. Have we seen? Uh, there are some lady Gungans in um, Clone Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they also look like duck fish. Duck beagles. Yeah. Gungarellas. I don't know. Uh, 
It's like it's like cult the, film the rest of the, them aren't nearly as annoying as Jar Jar. Yeah, like Captain Tarple, he's okay. They're fine. Yeah, it's it's now, weird. Boss that, Nass is stupid. Yeah, right. You see, <clears throat> you see, like Jerry. It's like if Jerry Lewis and Donald Trump were the only two humans you'd ever God, interact damn. with. I was just about to say, who would you rather have as your your <laughs> sovereign leader, uh, Donald Trump or Boss Nass? What I mean, if Donald Trump <laughs> just starts going? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I might take it more he's, seriously. He's kind of a Nixon anyway. That's so, true, yeah. yeah. Nothing changes. Uh, I'm going to go with being a Nemodian. Because Ugh. then at least. They're so gross. Yeah, they might be gross, but to other Nemodians, they're probably not. They seem to have a lot of money. Wait, are you saying you're born a Nemodian, right? Nemodian, yeah. Nemodian. Or you are. You go from, or I go from me to now I'm a Nemoidian. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it was like from now to then, which would suck because I love my family. The so, one that would suck would be, hi, I'm a human. No, wait, you're a Nemoidian. Oh, yeah. God. It'd be really, how do I use these shells? Why do I talk like this? <laughs> oh, so horrible. Well, but it's, it's, I get it, but I also think it's, I think that's one step removed from where you can really get too outraged about it. Yeah, well, my point was always, you know, if you had somebody that spoke, that was a native French speaker, right, and they also spoke English, and they came to America and were an actor or an actress, and they were asked to do a voice for a film, like Star Wars, uh, and then they spoke, and they spoke with a French accent, would the alien that they spoke as all of a sudden be racist because that person spoke with a French accent? No, because a French accent is a white accent. It's only whenever we we delve into, you know, non-white, European. Yeah, non-European accents that I think now get all up in arms. We're going into a <laughs> into a territory that is bigger than we want to discuss. Probably, but I, I'm just saying, I think, it's, I think that you're right. I think that it's, at that point, it's too removed because you're just creating a fictional character. There, but there are, there are ways to do that wrong. I mean, it just, I think it just depends on how obvious and kind of egregious it is. There have been characters in science fiction that are obvious analogies, like negative uh, stereotypes of Jewish people or... Right. Uh, <clears throat> What have you? And are the, and I guess the real question is: Are the Nemodians somehow a negative stereotype of Asian culture? Right. I don't see and how I don't they see are it at either. all. Mm-mm. I mean, they're, they're bad guys, I guess. But I mean, they're like, what do we know about them other than that they're cowardly? Which is not, to my knowledge, a stereotype and, yeah. of people. From, oh, you know those Chinese people, <laughs> yeah, old cowards. I don't believe that's one of the stereotypes that anyone has. Uh, so the only thing is that their voice, their accents do kind of sound like someone from some East Asian countries, I guess. But I don't, I still don't really hear it that much. Would it be, would it be less so if you actually got a native, let's say native, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese speaker who also spoke English to do the voices? Like if, if that was the group of actors that you chose from, for the roles, (laughs) you'd have to wonder why. Well, I guess my guess my point is is that is it only racist because they had white people imitate that accent? I <laughs> it's such a weird. I don't think it. I don't think it qualifies. To me, that doesn't qualify as racism. Uh, I can see why people went hmm, but I I don't think did anyone like boycott the movie because of the voices of those no, but it, the Nemoidians. I mean, there were well, there were definitely SJWs that decided to get up in arms about well, that. And the I, I don't want to go. I mean, single Jewish women. 
What are the, what's SJW? Social justice warrior. But oh. now, now we're into like, and and I, if you were gonna put me in one of those camps, I'd very much be on the SJW side. <laughs> but I don't want to bring that kind of thing into this podcast. Uh, all I'm saying is the Nemoians suck, but I don't think it's because they're racist. Okay, I can. I think it's because they're not compelling, <clears throat> and they're bland, and they're just. I mean, what I, I have a hard time believing that they would even go to war. I get that they built all these droids to do their fighting for them, but they still seem totally chicken shit. Well, and, they bought all the droids to do their fighting. Oh, okay. Well, they bought them. There's just there's just nothing interesting or compelling to me about them. So let's uh, let's roll into um, <clears throat> the feature presentation of this podcast. Here are the rules. I don't know anything about Star Wars, so we all watch this movie. I ask you guys questions, and you make it make sense to me, because that's that's the only way we're going to get through this. So Same we have to make time. Phantom Menace make sense to you? Yes. Oh, Jesus. So without further ado, let's Star Wars. That was good. Was Thanks. that a laser? I don't know. I'm going to pause it and take some coffee injections. <laughs> I just drank some coffee, I'm not and recording. it filled me to the brim. <laughs> a Sunday morning treat for myself. I'd like to do it again. What? Uh, that sounds like something. It's uh, it's fucking Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, <laughs> you see, you're doing Robin's voice. <laughs> oh, man, we could totally do Kermit and Robin for half this podcast. We could. That'd be amazing. Hmm, well, I'm not sure that the Phantom Menace doesn't <laughs> blow goats, but uh, I don't know, Robin. What do you think? Hmm. Well, I don't know, but <laughs> hey, Jill, there hey, are some Jill. great Muppets in yeah. it. Hmm. Mm. Ocean breeze soap gets you clean. <laughs> hmm. Jill, Gil, Bill, I find Jar Jar offensive. Um, I find, yeah, but again, it's because he sucks. Yeah. Well, and he's he. All right, all right. Let's let's start. Okay. Jar Jar almost was a Muppet. He just was born twenty years too late. So let's talk about the Phantom Menace episode one to society. Phantom Menace to Society, Episode 1. In the hood with Jen and G, whatever it is. I can't remember right <laughs> Don't now. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in yes, the hood. Yes, thank you. I was confused right off the bat. Because they just talk about um, some kind of trade agreement being blocked. And like I have no clue why that's important at all. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a huge deal for a lot of people. I mean, even people that have watched the film as many times as, as probably Amos and I have. It's not called Star Trade Embargo. Right. It's there's just such an outlandish focus on the the politics and the economics. It just it it, it kicked off and it wasn't I don't know how to, I'm not putting this into words very well, but I mean, that was a big deal for a lot of people. It was just like, I took a friend of mine to go see it who was not into Star Wars at all because I was excited and I wanted him to be excited about it. And, you know, my best friend in high school and we get to the theater, we watch it and he goes, man, why were there? I just watched two hours of aliens with dicks hanging off their faces and a Senate chamber going, oh God, the fucking money in the universe. Blah, 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 blah. You know, he, he was super upset. <laughs> that's he the goes, best. That's the best synopsis ever. <laughs> oh god the fucking money and the universe star wars that's what the little scroll at the bottom yeah, so of the does, this, does this matter like why does this matter this is all um why does the trade part matter in the in the big picture it's just a setup it doesn't matter i mean this is what ignites the clone wars so it matters in that regard 
Okay. Yeah. And there's probably plenty of ways you could have done it without being so ham fisted about the or boring or boring about the politics for sure. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's just where Lucas decided to take it, which okay. I think is kind of a mistake. And most people would probably agree. And so this is 35 years before episode four, right? Uh, thereabouts because yeah. the, yeah. Cause there's a number of years that the, the three movies take place over. You okay. need, so there's the 19 or so years from the end of revenge of the Sith episode three to episode four. And then, You've got Anakin going from about 10 to about 20 something. I don't know if he's in his 20s. He, yeah, I mean, God, he better be. He's, he's a teenager in episode two. And there's well, several... I'm talking about in episode three. Oh, right. By yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of it, right, when right, he right. becomes yeah, Vader, he's got to be in his 20s. There's 20 or so years, yeah. Yeah, so we're looking at 30 some to 40 years. Okay. And so when we watched episode four, people said that the jedis were a myth and like the powers they had were a myth right okay yeah i've i've had this argument a lot <laughs> i'm not making an argument no i'm, I'm saying about how do they for how does all this get forgotten so but quickly? at this point people do believe the jedi is real and have magic jedi powers yeah the jedi are uh a peacekeeping force throughout most of the galaxy so within 33 to 35 years People forget or selectively well, forget. look at okay. Look, this is the argument I always use. Look at North Korea and the things that people born in North Korea believe. Okay, say you're a forty year old, uh, and you grew up in that state. And based on this is just based on interviews and footage I've seen of refugees from there. The a lot of the citizenry believe, or at least say they believe, things that are really outlandish about Kim Jong Un and the leadership of the country. Uh, there are people who were adults before. Well, now they're very old, but before the Korean War. So there has to be this shared knowledge of what happened prior, but it is covered up by this totalitarian state. I think when the means of information distribution and the, and what authority says is true are controlled that tightly, it has a psychic effect on, or a psychological effect on sure. on the general population. And I think the empire having a massive propaganda campaign. Can you believe I've ever had sex before that I'm going this far down a rabbit hole? Anyway, um, doing what they do, I think, could make it. Uh, sort of hush hush rumored thing. I, look, I, I'm with you. 100% and there are so that. few. I mean, you know, a galaxy is so big. There are so many planets. How many Jedi are there? Yeah, that's and that's another thing too. Is that it's hard for some people to believe in the Jedi just on planets like Tatooine. Like whenever he arrives on, whenever they arrive on Tatooine in, in Episode One, you know, he goes, "Are you a Jedi?" I knew because of your laser sword. Right. It's it's they've never seen one before. And so the people that had never seen one, their parents had never seen one. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there weren't any more. Did they really exist? Yeah, it's you're very I think just by virtue of the numbers, if you're a citizen of the Republic or the Empire, or whatever, you're probably very unlikely to ever see a Jedi <clears throat> because there can't be that many of them. And it's a huge galaxy, and especially right. if you live in an outer rim world, you're not getting much uh, feedback or information at all from okay. the inner yeah so i'm fine with that i could i can totally get the federation just writing their own history books so to speak the federation is star trek oh what the empire the, uh, empire. the yeah. empire the, the federation, federation of empires nope <laughs> 
There's yeah. the there's the Confederation. I can totally of... see the bad guys writing the history there books. There you go. Okay, yeah, there we go. Okay, what are the drones with the long noses called? Drones with long noses? The, the they're everywhere. The the the, the, the Roger. And oh, the, the are these the, called battle droids? Just battle the, droids. Yeah. So they're droids. Yeah, they're all droids that the Federation. Okay, there is a Federation. The Trade Federation. Trade Federation. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, Wait, Trade they, Federation. That's the Nemoidians. Are the Nemoidians? Yeah. Got it. Are they basically like a bank or something like that? Like, there's also a banking clan, which you learn about in episode two. But the Trade Federation, essentially, it's weird. They also have a seat in the Senate. And do they... Okay, the, you see a few meetings in... Maybe it's not until Attack of the Clones, where it's the Trade Federation, the Nemordians, and a few other species. And they have some kind of association to fight against the Republic. Is that the Federation? Is this kind of like free trade versus... No, no, I think it's... I mean, you could say it's kind of a states' rights versus uh, central authority kind of thing. Right. Who's the central authority? The Republic. Okay. The Republic is... When we're starting the first movie, Phantom Menace, the Republic is the governing body of most of the galaxy and has been for millennia. Okay. It's very old. They have a Senate. It's a lot like the Roman Republic before its right. fall. That's what this is kind of analogous to. Okay. And are they are the Nemodians basically like a corporation? Yeah, they're they're a privatized. I mean, you have to assume they're privatized, or else how did they organize? I don't think that people are they all the same race. I mean, we only see the Nemodians as okay. part of the Trade Federation, but I mean, it, it would be likely that they, since they're not called a specific race or planet, it's probably likely there are other members that Got aren't. It. Um, so it's kind of like a living, breathing corporation. Yeah, think of them as the... Uh, well, the, they're people, so yeah. The spacing guild from Dune. Right, they control all, or the majority of trade throughout the galaxy. They do? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's how they're able to put that blockade on Naboo. Oh, so they're very central, too. So this isn't just like some some faction that has broken off. This is like one of the arms of the Republic. Which is why they get a say in the Senate, right? Ah. Uh. I thought every species had... Well, not every single species, but there are a lot of species in the Senate. Right. They're almost like a special interest group in the... uh, Yeah, like lobbyists, perhaps. Okay. So what's up with little ponytails on... um, (laughs) On... The braid? Yeah. And they've got the worst hairstyle ever. Like, uh, the braid, I can kind of get on board with. But, like, the little rat tail, like, ponytail thing that... that Obi-Wan has. That Obi-Wan has, yeah. He's a Padawan. That's mm-hmm. their that's, that's uh, their haircut. Man. I think my theory there is that they gave him the stupidest looking haircut so that they would really want to finish their training and focus and study hard. Okay. I look like a fucking dummy. Right. I can see why you'd want to be a Sith. Yeah. He's like, do you want to have like horns on your skull to look badass? Well, he's that's his species. That's his species? Uh, yeah, he's okay. not a human. You're talking about Darth Maul. Yes. Yeah, he's, what are they called? Uh, Some with a D. Draconians. Sure. Nope. I don't know. It's uh it's I'm 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 failing at this. They right they now. talk they don't talk about it in the movie. They talk about it in um uh the Clone Wars okay. animated show. So did you guys notice that because I didn't know who Liam Nielsen was playing, you know that they don't introduce themselves until like forty minutes into the movie and then the princess is like Blah, 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 blah. That's why Qui-Gon is doing that. Like, that's the first time his name is mentioned. I think that they mentioned Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan by name in the crawl, though, don't they? I thought so. I don't know. I didn't see it in the crawl, but I could have missed it. It was, it was kind of weird that they were called the Jedis. And like, I don't know. Like, for me, not knowing who they were, 
Yeah. It took me like a while. And then I had to pause it and ask my wife. <laughs> and she was like, Who I don't they? know. Um, uh, and then I had to Google it. Okay. Speaking of the names, you might know this, Dave, and I'm not sure. Are the What planets are Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan from? Do you know? Uh, I don't know that it's ever discussed. Okay. They've got to be the same planet because their names are so similar. Their their names sound like they are in the same way. Like last time we right, talked about right. uh, Skywalker mm-hmm. and Darklighter. The names Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon Jinn right, sound right. like they're from the same culture. Yeah. So maybe the same planet. Yeah, very potentially. I'm curious about that. Like, so they don't, you don't get Jedi names? I don't believe so. No, well, Anakin never does, and Luke never does. You get Sith names. Yeah, you become Darth something. That's who I'd want to be. There is a Darth... Wait, I'm not saying my last name. <laughs> Darth Amos? I like that Amos won't say his last name on the podcast, but he's used mine several times. Throughout I have? The- yeah. Yeah, he did on the last. Well, you have a podcasts. cool name though. <laughs> I changed them. Do you? Yeah, his real. I mean, name, I don't actually care. His real name is something, but I always, I always put in something else. Oh, I don't actually care. It's like Dave and Buster's Dave Spaghetti. I, I don't man. think anyone's gonna track us down. <laughs> the man's always trying to find us. They don't like Phantom Menace. <laughs> the man can easily find me. My address is up to date on my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure of it. I don't want to pay any fines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so notes I'm going through here is mostly just confused as does uh, movie suck or is it just do, as Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are just on the ship all of a sudden. I really don't know why on the trade federation. Yeah, they're on the trade well, federation. They, they explain all that in the crawl. Yeah. I mean, they're, I read the crawl. They're going to muscle them. But it still just Not seemed really. like so. I had so many questions about the crawl that I was like, "Like, why wasn't I shown this? What's going on? Why is this important?" Anyways, um, CGI looks really bad. Is one of my notes. Yeah, it it hasn't aged particularly well. It's nineteen ninety nine CGI, but for nineteen ninety nine CGI, shit was. Yeah, but how come all of dope. the swords looked better in Episode Four? than they did in this. You didn't find that the swords looked brighter and talking about lightsabers? Yeah, the lightsabers look like let's call them what they is. Well they're swords. <laughs> Shoot. Is that <laughs> your laser sabers. sword? Yeah. Fucking Anakin over here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Anakin <laughs> You guys have such cool names though. Yeah. They're very ethnically specific. Uh his full name is Blake Anakin <laughs> Dingledong. <laughs> yes, ethnically correct. Last name Dingledong. I don't know where that would be. <laughs> Canada. Um, Canada. Of course. I just thought that the laser swords looked a lot better in I, I would never, episode four. I would never take the argument that the lightsabers looked better in episode four. They look like toy lightsabers that you could buy off the shelf now. These look like toy lightsabers. Slightly illuminated. Uh, I, I, will, I will buy that the rest of the CGI looks kind of aged. Uh, but not the lightsabers. I feel like the lightsabers are pretty consistent. I think we can agree films. that there should have been more puppets and less CGI, though. Oh, of course. Or okay. at least a mix of the two. It's one of the things that makes uh, the special effects in the Lord of the Rings films, which the first Lord of the Rings film would have been released uh, two years after Phantom Menace in Sounds 2001. about right. was the first one, and they were already working on them now. Yeah, they came out pretty quickly. They're, they? uh, they're a mixture of um, prosthetics, puppetry, um, matte paintings, CGI, like they used a lot of different elements. Whereas Lucas was just like, no, 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 just fucking put these actors in a green mass room and we'll just do everything that they can't do, which was like 94% of the film. 
It makes those, you appreciate um, how difficult acting at that level must be because a lot of these actors you know are great actors come across really badly. Very stiff. Yeah, and I think that's because they're spending so much time just acting in front of green screens with, with actors that aren't real. Ugh. You know, with characters that they can't see for the most part. Right, there's no cues to take. Yeah. Liam Nielsen isn't real? Liam Nielsen. Liam Neeson's? Yeah. Liam Neeson's. His name is Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Yes, that's Rob Roy, actually. Rob Roy. Darkman. Darkman X. So Liam <laughs> isn't real. Anyways, uh, those Destroyer roly-polies? Roly yeah. Those things are cool. They are cool. Droid decaz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Whatever. Is that what they're called? <laughs> Something well, like they're that. They're destroyer droids for sure, but if you're Nemodium, you call them droidicas. They're not stand up to droidicas. Yeah. I thought that they were really neat. Like, there are a lot mm. of, like. You know, you're right about the voice. The more I think about it, it's, it's pretty <laughs> shitty. That's <laughs> it. It's stupid. I mean, like, it does, it does sound like they were trying to, I don't know, make them sound Chinese or something. The negotiations were short. That was a good line. I enjoyed that. You were right about one thing, Master. The, the negotiations, negotiations were short. short. Oh my god, he's like, I don't know what he's going to. It's like he, he's just trying to sound like Alec Guinness, I guess. So he's very English, but... But he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't and know. So it's Qui-Gon. Liam Neeson He's is. Irish. Oh, Irish, yeah, he yeah. is. Sorry, Irish and but Scottish he's, I think I think Liam Neeson does a better job of... I just think he gets it right, whereas Ewan McGregor is comes across as really stilted to me. But Ewan McGregor is also playing a character who is beloved by everyone who likes these movies and yeah. has already been played yeah. by another actor. By a fantastic stage and <laughs> yeah. film actor. Who, who, hates Star, who hated Star Wars. He did, yeah. So now my notes start to, start to go downhill because this is when Jar Jar is... This is when you got really stoned. No. I was already... I mean, I was already intoxicated. Because I knew this was going to be bad. This is when I started becoming more, deciding that I will become more intoxicated. Um, <laughs> Jar Jar. Because Jar Jar like, runs into Qui-Gon, and it looks awful. Like, it, it, yeah, lo- but it looks see- like a Bugs Bunny like, cartoon was drawn on Liam as he's like running through the forest. I'm always hesitant to put too much to, I don't know... Uh, throw too much shade at mm. uh at, done. yeah at this kind of thing because i remember seeing it at the time i mean i was young i thought it looked great uh it's like you know it's like when you play video games that were um let's say if you play a 2d side-scrolling mario it's still awesome but mario 64 still awesome but it looks dated you know those early polygon games do not translate today all that well so it's sort of a similar thing with cg early cg in Mm -hmm. movies uh at the time it looked great and i can see it like i don't think it's a fault of the uh animation studio the director the editors for how it looks today the technology is what it was and if you watch i mean we just watched a new hope there are parts where the seams are showing like anytime Anytime a door on the Death Star closes, it's a stop motion thing. So you see the actors kind of jerk. I don't know why I did that, but uh, you know, if you go back and watch A New Hope, you'll see it. Yeah, but the key to like a great movie or a good movie is knowing its bounds, right? 
but that's what I'm saying. They're relative, so it's hard to say. Like what right. what looks great to us now, like that CG, uh, yeah, CG Peter Cushing in um, Rogue One, may look terrible in 20 years. Okay. Should we ever pass the Uncanny Valley? Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's let, so so look at this example, uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, there's no arguing that Jurassic Park is an amazing film. It's just not. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, and it's certainly dated. It is one of the earliest examples of CGI, especially CGI at that level. Yeah. And it looks dated, but, but it's okay. What's good with them is that they used it spare, more sparingly. I mean, the, the problem with Phantom Menace in that regard is that it's all out. It's balls it's, to the yeah, wall. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. Let's make everything CGI. And that They're not even in that swamp. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is... Yeah, the whole thing is animated, and that's not good. So I'm allowed to talk about how much it sucks because they, it's not like they gave they didn't they didn't hold anything back. They're like, yeah, you all can, in. You can talk about it. I, I'm just trying to put some perspective, and I think that that's on, fair. On but why it's still it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <clears throat> Doesn't look good. It was a you know it was a kid with a new toy. He says, "Excuse me, oh, excuse me." Jar Jar Binks. He says, does. Oh yeah, excuse me. Whoa! Just like that. <laughs> Who wrote? As acted by Polly Shore. Who wrote Jar Jar Binks's dialogue? Presumably Lucas, because he wrote this film. So he wrote this dialogue. Yeah, he has a kind of. I think from what I've interviews I've seen with him about all this, I think he has a different perspective than a lot of Star Wars fans on what Star Wars is and who it's for and that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, because I can see that Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be for kids. Right. Well, in a but, lot of ways, he was supposed to be Chewbacca. But I didn't see Chewbacca as for kids, when, you know? And that's the problem. I think that this... I think he's... To me, Jar Jar is more of an Ewok than he is a Chewbacca. Yeah. Because yeah, the that. Ewoks are, like, marketable toys for children. And I, that's how I saw Jar Jar Binks. The Ewoks are also awesome. Yeah, sure. Ewoks are fucking great. I think Ewoks <laughs> knocked it out of the park. <laughs> they, those little guys. They but the Gungans, the not so. To me, it's just Boss Nass and um, Jar Jar. The rest of them are fine. <clears throat> the underwater city's pretty neat. Yeah. I, I thought, thought like cool. the, I mean, watching Jar Jar swim, not, you know, not to. <laughs> uh, now, are there multiple underwater Gungan cities? Because. Good question. They just call it the Gungan City. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're like, an, maybe like, they're an endangered species. There, there's like thirty. There's like thirty bubbles under the sea where an entire race of people live. And even in watching the Clone Wars, there's not any indication that there are more bubbles. Isn't there? I feel like there's something in some. Maybe it's in the extended universe stuff that I've read about how the Gungans are the native uh, sentient dominant species of right. Naboo. And the human and other, you know, the, the humans that settled there pushed them underwater. Like there was some, I feel like I read somewhere about there being some kind of huh. tension earlier in their history. I wonder if that's not canon any longer. If, if, that, I don't know. if that's the case, I, I wonder know. if that's, I mean, but it, it, it makes sense. I can't see the Gungans letting that happen. Because there's no they got way weird that, weapons. Yeah, they do. I don't, I don't know how effective they, they are. They have energy against... scrotums. They throw at things. And what they surely they li- don't have starfighters. No. What if we lived in another world where the Gungans were a huge success? And There's no way. They could be the Mon Calamari. And they redid The Little Mermaid. Whoa. <laughs> what? As Gungans. And that song was sung under the sea. Well, it's still... I mean, okay, so the crab. Is that racist? 
Pig the crab in what? In uh, he's a lobster. Little Mermaid. I think, Sebastian? I think he's a lobster. Is he a crab or a lobster? His name's Sebastian, right? You know, looking at him, he's got a shell, and he can... He can... Well, that's literally a crab or a lobster. Yeah, but lobsters don't aren't able to pull themselves into their shell, are they? <laughs> sounds, they sound like morons. I don't. I think he's a crab. But uh, anyway, you know, he's got that crazy. You know, under the sea. You know, and he's. I mean, he's red. I don't know. Um, I'm like just like a, where, red, like a lobster. Where? No, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Is his. I don't know. I'm just like, where? How do you know? How do you draw the line? There are some that are clear, like okay, the crows in oh, yeah, Dumbo. He's a crab. He's a crab. He's a crab. Yep. I'll so says the internet. Here we go. <clears throat> so say we all. He's a red crab from the Caribbean island of Jamaica, yeah. and a servant of King Triton. <laughs> so how did he get to England? Where these England, England, in- England? Isn't that where the Little Mermaid takes place? Mm, yeah, I guess. She's a princess. There damn sure have never been any princesses here in America. Yeah, but they're underwater. That's a... So they just travel between America and... where? Why would they go to England? What's the, what's the UK part? Well, Ariel is clearly not from America. Oh, yeah, she's not from England either. She's from underwater. Oh, no, but I mean like the, the guy she marries and the, the place she ends up. I think it's in the Caribbean, though. Yeah, because she's a Disney princess. But does because that mean he's becomes... a prince? Yes, he. It's talking. How are we about, talking about? Prince. Why are we talking about? Um, You're the one who brought this up. I thought you did. <laughs> no, I did not bring this up. Hmm. Oh wait, yeah, I did. Yeah, damn you it. Did. You were talking about um, <laughs> if Gungans made Little Mermaid. Well, okay, so I just uh, want to hear like a Gungan sing under the sea. Relevant. Yeah, Re- I think you did. I think uh, Sebastian has the Gungan voice. Relevant to this conversation. Uh, once at a um, Korean karaoke bar. Blake and I and our significant others sang Under the Sea. It's true. You were in Korea? No. no it was just, okay. There's a Korean karaoke bar here. Okay, it's called it. Star Karaoke. It's oh, on Capitol yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I suggest it. It's wonderful. And it's run by like the nicest people in yeah, the world. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like the best place ever. Yeah. Okay, we can get back to Star Wars. Oh, my favorite scene in the whole movie is the fish eating each other. And then Qui-Gon goes, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah, yeah. when they're escaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I thought- when I watched it as a kid, I was like, okay, that scene's rad. Yeah, I, I like Godzilla's journey through the planet core. My <laughs> wife believes, though, that every scene with Jar Jar could probably still get cut and the movie would still make the same amount of sense. The escape, or not the escape, when they're leaving the beautiful underwater city, I really think that that, was, that whole underwater s- scene was done really well for the, the technology of the time. I thought it looked really nice. And then all the different like animal fish things eating each other as they like escape. That was yeah. pretty rad. Yeah, those were awesome. Yeah, I could do without Jar Jar's reactions inside the, uh, the, the cockpit, where his eyes extend. Like, when he looks behind them and they first get bit by the, the fish or whatever, and his eyes, like, his eye stalks go out, and he goes, Whoa, big gooba fish! <laughs> <laughs> I want a soundboard of Dave doing Jar Jar sounds. I'm not very good at it, but I, I, do, I do like to make fun of it at length. Uh, so. Wow, big gooba fish! <laughs> That's what... It's got an actual name, but his ignorant ass calls it Big Gooba Fish. God, he's the worst. So then we're introduced to the princess, or not princess, the queen. Queen. Uh, it's an elected position. Slash so, pod- you know. Padme. Yeah, it, yeah. She's an elected queen. Okay. I guess you could have an elected queen. Sure. Why you not? just call the position queen. I mean, they literally could have called her li- like anything else. Madam President would have been just fine. But I have a lot of problems with her. Um, 
But before, I want to mention, they're having communication problems. Like, they're trying to talk to the people outside of Naboo, and it gets blocked by the Federation, right? So that they can't talk to the Senate. That happens. Yeah. How many Star Wars films have plot issues that revolve around communication failures? Well, I, I think we discussed this during the uh, A New Hope episode. I mean, communication through deep space is no trivial matter. Yes, but almost every film I've seen so far has some kind of like communication failure plot point. Just throwing that out there. Well, they also have a lot of uh, big moon-shaped bases that blow up planets. But I do like know. that. Yeah. Um, okay, things... We're introduced to R2. When? When are we... When We're are introduced we... to R2 as they are escaping from Naboo. That's right. So they escape from Naboo. We're introduced to R2 because he's the only unit who doesn't get killed. Well, and it's so stupid the way that they do it. Is that, like, in classic Star Wars fashion, you know, one out of 15 droids survives, and it's R2. And they're like, what is your call sign, little fellow? And everybody's like, oh, he's gonna say R2-D2. Right. If you want to talk about <laughs> characters that are not necessary in these movies, C-3PO and R2-D2 should not have been in these movies. So they leave to Tatooine, which I know what that is. Yeah. Because of the last movie. Not Dantooine. Nope. Tatooine. Never go to Dantooine. Never. Don't this, even know what it's at, there. Okay, so this would have been the fourth Star Wars movie at the time when it was released. Yep. Um, and that means that 75% <laughs> of Star Wars movies, when this one was released, had long vignettes or sequences on Tatooine. It's a pretty central planet, even though it's far from central. Well, and, and it, it's we revolve around it pretty frequently because of the Skywalker clan being from there. Right. There's also like a really boring, useless scene where Jar Jar knocks into R2 and says, how rude. How rude. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of this film, when, he's, when we're introduced to Jar Jar and all, all the reason for them getting to the Queen, I think that all made sense. You know, as to why Jar Jar's in this movie. But from here on out, all the scenes with Jar Jar don't have to happen. Yeah, he's just a backdrop after that. Well, <sighs> until the very end. We can get to that, yeah. to, into well, the war. Well, and keep in mind, Qui-Gon spares Jar Jar's life, or at least his life imprisonment, because he was an exiled member of the Gungan tribe. I wonder why. Well... Because he sucks. Yes. So he's an exiled member of the tribe. And when he goes back with the Jedi, Boss Nass uh, tells him that he's in deep doo-doo, I feel like is what he says to him. Like, yep. Pretty you much. are in deep doo-doo, Jaja. Something like that. He goes, I understand that this one here has a life debt with me. And they're like, is this in Beeson Trusa, Jaja? Excuse me, is this in Beeson Trusa, Jar Jar? <laughs> yeah. I want to hear him say Liam Neeson's name for some reason. <laughs> We are Neeson. We are Neeson. We are Neeson. Nope. Nope. I can't do it. I was on something set of skill. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. So, is Jar Jar, I don't really think Jar Jar is supposed to sound Jamaican so much as a child with a lisp. I thought that he was more of like a pull on aboriginals from like New Zealand or Australia. I got no idea. 
What I will say is um, this is another parallel to Chewbacca, though, in that he has a life debt with one of the other characters. Mm. Chewbacca has a life debt with Han Solo. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why. Where's that from? That's why he's so excited when he dies in episode (laughs) eight or whatever. Uh, Seven. Seven. He's like, ah, finally. I mean, he refuses to. (laughs) Yeah, that's what was going on. (laughs) He refuses to leave Han Solo uh, very early on. And eventually they just become like absolute best friends. Uh, but yeah, he has a life debt with, with Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon knows that if he doesn't take him with him, you know, what's he going to do? Just leave him. I mean, I would have left his ass in the swamp. As soon as we got out in the palace, there's some wetland over there. You can see it from the highway. Fuck that guy. Right. Master. (laughs) (laughs) He's so annoying. Yes. He was quite annoying. (laughs) Obi-Wan. Well, I Obi- love your hairdo. Obi-Wan does say several times, why do I feel like we've picked up another pathetic life form? Right. He hates Jar Jar. Yeah. Qui-Gon does not enjoy Jar Jar. Or not Qui-Gon. Uh, Obi-Wan does not enjoy Jar Jar. And Qui-Gon, I think, I don't know, maybe he just needs the amusement. Because- well, what is Qui-Gon's... Uh, okay, I know that this is a thing, but I don't know any of the details. Qui-Gon is a follower of a certain interpretation of the whole Force religion mythology. That he, a lot of other Jedi don't share. Right. He, and which is why, you know, you'd already be on the council, Master, if you just would play along sometimes or whatever he says to him, right? Um, yeah, he's, he's a little bit of a rebel. He but it sees, goes, it goes beyond like his methods. It's, he's, it's a different interpretation of the religion. Yeah. He's like, he's a, more fundamentalist. Well, no, I don't no, think he's, he's, he's the exact opposite of a fundamentalist. Yeah. He's a little more, he's left of, we might look at him as no being fundamentalist. More, Sure. He's maybe, I don't know if enlightened is the word, but he's, uh, he's less rigid and he's almost more like a Zen Buddhist kind of yeah, interpretation. I mean, yeah, we see him meditate right before a fight. He's like the, the dude, basically. <laughs> he's the dude of Jedi. Okay. So we're on Tatooine. We're on Tatooine. They're on Tatooine. And I'm really sad they didn't go to the bar. To Moss Eisley? Yeah. Go to Moss Eisley. They're already throwing enough things from the other movies. We get it. Um, we know Espa. we're watching Star Wars. Moss Espa is where they are. Yeah. And we're introduced to the flying bug. Watto. Watto. He's also kind of a lizard, too. He's a something. He's a nice master to Anakin. You know, when you think about slavery and whatnot, <laughs> I mean, he goes, he goes, uh, Fucking the apologist over yeah, here. <laughs> well, you think about slavery. Well, I mean, what do you think? You think like horrible, horrible things, but he's like, eh, you know, you can have your own house. Go clean that he up. He certainly isn't Michael Fassbender from 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'll agree with you anyways. Um, he's like, you know, go clean the shelves and you can go home early, Anakin. And Anakin's like, hooray! Yeah. I, I I don't think since George Lucas clearly sees these as kids' movies, I don't think like he wasn't beating get, a child is really going to play all that well. I wasn't going to get into like real slavery. Like, I'm just saying, like it, you know, I didn't I didn't see it as slavery until it was called he, slavery. He kind of he kind of treats <laughs> he doesn't uh, pay them. Yeah, well, we never even see Shmi work. We never see Anakin's mom do anything. She lives at home all the time. She's a stay at home slave. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's awful. It is. And I'm not trying to make light of slavery, obviously. But it, I'm making light of how absolutely stupid the, some of the plot points in this film are. Agreed. It should call it, like, endangered servitude. Endangered well, servitude. Well, but there's no, like, uh, yeah, what does she do for water? Uh, yeah, he's clearly... Oh, God. She has housing. Oh, stop it. She has housing. <laughs> what, was that? what was that fucking Frasier stop it that you just gave? Oh, <laughs> like stop to- it. Oh, stop it, Blake. <laughs> He's not English. Sorry. 
Oh, stop it. He's not English. Oh, was it English? <laughs> yes, it was. He went, stop it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, better? stop it. He's what just very... He's, he's American. He's, yeah, just, but, he's highly educated, and he talks like this. He just talks through his He nose. also has a radio show. Oh, he does talk like a radio guy. That makes sense. Yeah. So, they're there because they need parts for their shiny plane. Yeah, they need... A new uh, hyperdrive. Hyper now, is that plane... Their Nubian starfighter. <laughs> does that plane not look like um, <laughs> Flash, like Gordon's plane? I always thought it, it reminds me of The Last Starfighter. That's yeah. what my wife said. And then I looked up The Last Starfighter, and it, it's, it's just shiny. It looks like a Well, yeah, cocoon. it's not... Yeah. I love that. Anyway. Uh, it, well, yeah, speaking... It also kind of reminds me of Flight of the Navigator. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, that what not The Last Starfighter. Last Flight of the Navigator. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Yeah, two different movies. The Last Starfighter ones are like X-shaped. Yep. The Flight of the Navigator is the one that's a shiny, amorphous kind of that's thing. What, yeah. I was I was thinking about that as well. So okay, we we're both cool. Incorrect. <laughs> what's the what's the, the in flight uh, not Flight of the Navigator in the Last Starfighter that thing that the ship does? It's called like the Death Rose or something. Yeah, it's I got a remember. cool name. It's been so long since I've seen the Last Starfighter. Probably on VHS. It's terrible. It was, it's, it's I watched it in the last film. couple of years, it's and I'm like, I mean, I'll still love it, but God, it's I'd, awful. I would watch it over uh, this Phantom movie. Menace. Kroll. Hey, did you guys? Like, oh, yeah. Did you guys like how Anakin was totally laying some game on the queen immediately? That's immediately. what he. That's what he does. Anakin was just like, "Hey, are you an angel? You an angel? <laughs> Yo, girl. I've heard some of the star pilots in the canteen. First off, why is this motherfucker at a bar? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there are too many rules on Tatooine. So, as bad as Moss Eisley is, apparently, Moss they Espa. have restrictions on who can go in bars. Moss Espa, they don't give a fuck. Hey, we don't serve your kind here. Droids, not eight-year-olds. Get out of here, droids. Yeah. Eight-year-olds, come, on, come in, on in. Get you some jury juice or some blue milk or whatever the fuck blue it is. Blue milk. Yep. Um, yeah, he was laying game throughout. I really like the actor that played Anakin. It's, it's like, well, <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. I really, I thought he did a great job. If only he had heard from you earlier. Right, because he is... I think he's troubled. Aw. He, he's had he, a lot of legal issues in when the last he few was, years. When he was in college, when he got older and got to college, uh, he was like endlessly harpooned and ridiculed for being the person who ruined star wars so much so that he I, he looked like tumbled into drugs and deep depression and i think he uh attempted suicide several times he had to go to rehab and to therapy and to uh serious and get serious serious help because he oh, got sad fucked up because of star wars i thought that he was really good in it well if he'd only been a better actor no i'm kidding you, you guys didn't think i he mean was a good actor? all the way was okay <laughs> he's the kid from jingle all the way you're right the no Schwarzenegger wonder I film. liked him. Um, uh, he's better in that than he is in Star Wars. Oh, so you guys didn't like him in this? No, I think he's... he's well, bad. okay. You, wait, from an acting standpoint, do you think that he was a bad kid actor? I think it's as much <laughs> George Lucas's fault as it is Jake Lloyd's. Yeah, but if you look at how terrible Hayden Christensen is later, maybe Anakin's just a petulant whiny bitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the I mean I, the character is a little annoying, but, I, but so he's annoying when he's older too. So yeah, it's kind of Anakin's just annoying, and hey, Luke was uh, yeah Skywalker's Skywalker, are just annoying. Skywalker dudes like thank are God annoying Luke shit. starts to channel his inner right. Padme at a certain point though. You know what I mean? Doesn't he just stop talking? Luke, what Luke? Doesn't he have? No, more? he just gets awesome. No. You'll see later. I guess I'll see. <laughs> it t- it's it's plot uh, it's plot related. We'll we'll get there when we get there. Got it. Um, I do want to focus on the fact that apparently anything, at least 
technology from the planet Naboo would being described is described as Nubian. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out who was like, what are we going to call it? Is something that's from Naboo. And like, oh, we'll call it Nubian. What? No. Hmm. Absolutely not. You could call it Nabooth. Nabubian. That, I think Nabubian would probably be better than Nubian. Yeah, Nubian is a real thing. Nabooish? It's like if there was a planet called Grook and everything was Greek. Right, yeah. Mm. Or Garuk, and they were like, oh, it's Greek. Yeah. Wait, anyway. but the planet's called Garuk. Why are we calling it Greek? That doesn't make any fucking sense. The lead up to this race takes forever. Oh, the pod race? Yeah, oh it does my become God. like... So we figure out... That, like, you know, that's the climax of the movie. We have to, we have to watch the scene where uh, we are very outwardly and expressively warned that touching the electrical connection between the two engines will make your shit go numb. Because that sets up a perfect opportunity for Jar Jar to put his lips oh, right in that motherfucker. God, that was stupid. Also, but look at it. Look at it as a six-year-old. They love it. Sure, yeah. sure. And that's. I think Lucas made that movie for children. I get it. Yeah, it's still bad, but I get it. Um, also, what's up with Anakin's mom? Like not being surprised at all when a grown man, grown adult. And a bunch of other people just stroll into their house being brought by Anakin. She's just like, oh, welcome. Well, that might give us a window into what she does. Oh, She's uh, a greeter. God. She's a greeter. She, she greets people. She works at, she works at Walmart she works outside at of Mos She yeah. works at, Star, at uh, Tatooine Costco. To Tosco. That's where you get <laughs> discounts on power converters. <laughs> cost cost queen, I think, is where she <laughs> If you buy them in bulk, you can get them cheaper. Yeah. Why are we introduced to every single person who is going to be in this race? You notice that they do they do the pan to like everyone who's driving a vehicle. Oh, it's in this just because they can sell more toys. I mean, that's... oh, it was so painful. And then the race. <laughs> I happens. thought that part was cool. I mean, I like to see all the different aliens and ships and stuff. That's what Star Wars is to me. The announcers it's, were super annoying, and it's Greg Proops. Yeah, and. uh this is just him. I can't remember. No, I think I think that's two voices. I can't remember. Yeah. Greg Proops is the one I always. He's remember. He's the one doing yeah. the English voice. <clears throat> um, Tuscan Raiders, Sand People. Yay! Yeah. I wrote that down because I was like, <laughs> I know what those are. <laughs> I, I do like that they. I do like their their little small thing there because they would do some shit like that. Being right. like an, like, you know, they're just kind of chaotic and on the fringes of society. So they, it's like if you go to the desert. And start flying your drone around. Some guy's going to shoot it. Well, it made sense to me why they were. Because my wife was like, why do they care? Why are they? And I was like, because they want to get some parts. Because they're Tuscan yeah. Raiders. Yeah. So to me, I, I was that pl- like, I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Who do they trade with? <laughs> no one. They take. They just take and they use for They're hoarders. Whatever. Yeah. And then they just say things like. That's oh. an eclipse so bad. Look at that shit. <laughs> That sounded to me like Brian Posehn doing the point. Right, yeah. Um, I wonder what the lifespan of the Sand People is. That's a good question. But and then not we one s- we should answer here. And then we I see the not. Martini people. <laughs> the Martini people? Yeah, they go, Martinis! Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jawa. What did you call them? Oh, Jawas. the Jawas. The Jawas. <laughs> yeah, and then we see some Jawas as well. The fuck? Yep. <laughs> and that makes sense. Um, I thought that the race part, though... It's one of the best parts of the film. It was great. It's it, so George has said many times uh, that he absolutely adores like the the hot rod or muscle car uh, early you know 
Yeah, the American Baby graffiti. Stuff. Yeah, the American graffiti stuff. He absolutely adores that kind of stuff. And he grew up where you know, you know, people were were popping off the top of like glass Coke bottles with the the front tires of their muscle cars and things. He loves that culture, and this was his attempt to shoehorn it into this. And it, not that it necessarily fits within the context of the Star Wars universe, but it's a lot of fun, and it's one of the better scenes in the film. Yeah, it's like it, it sticks out like a sore thumb, but it's like if your whole hand was sore and your thumb was good. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought it was great. A, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I got a sore hand attached to this great thumb. Everybody's eating chicken fingers. I want chicken thumbs. They must be accumulating. Willow. Was he in this? Yes, he is the... Uh, so, you know the guy that shoots or that gets shot by Han Solo in episode four? Greedo? Yeah. Yeah. Uta Guta Solo? The little Rodian, or Rodian, the the little guy that's friends with Anakin, mm-hmm. that's the guy that plays oh, Willow. Oh, Warwick that's Davis. Warwick Davis. Oh, he's yeah. all over Star Wars. Yeah, he's in every film. He's the, um the what's his name? He's uh, Wicket Warrior. Wicket. Yeah, he's the, he's even named after. No, we Warwick haven't gotten Davis. to that yet. Never no, mind. but I thought I thought I had saw him, and I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, Annie, wizard. Wait, he's the young Rodian, yeah. and, and then he's also yeah not in makeup or prosthetic in the crowd. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But he's the he's the young Rodian. You can hear it okay. in his voice if you pay attention to it. Okay. He's yeah. I thought I saw him. I was like, is that Willow? It's so weird. I thought. No, never mind. I'm wrong. What? I was thinking. I haven't seen Willow in a long time. I was thinking Val Kilmer was named Willow. But no, no, he's Mad Mardigan. Right. Yeah. Correct. What a great fucking film. Oh, it is mm-hmm. awesome. I I need to watch that again soon. Okay, so he wins. Um, flying bug guys angry about it. Watto. Watto's angry Let's, about and it. And can we talk for just a brief second about Sebulba? <laughs> Which one's Sebulba? The Doug. You're gonna be Poodoo. Which is funny because that just means bantha food. That's bantha fodder. Oh, I thought it was poop. Well, that's what they've. That's what they use to insinuate all throughout the films after it's used for the first time in Return of the Jedi by Jabba. Like oh bantha bantha pudu, but if you look at the translation in Return of the Jedi, it's bantha fodder. That's what it means. Oh well, fodder could be. I mean, you could look at that either way. I think it's still shit. Fodder doesn't have to be food, but I mean, pudu. Come on, it's got to be poo. I'm not your fodder. (laughs) I'm not your fodder, (laughs) Luke. Luke, I'm not your fodder. (laughs) I'm I'm also I'm also Dutch. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I Bader noticed that uh, father in Dutch. Does it? Yep. Ah, there we go. I also saw that Jabba the Hutt has like a fat younger brother. Oh, uh, that that character does have a name, but the, you know the Huts are a species. Uh, they also all are part of a crime family or something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Are we talking about the Hut that's in Phantom Menace? Yeah, yeah small Jabba. One. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, that's Jabba. That's, Behind him, that's his. That's his wife. That's a female. Well, I couldn't tell. I thought it <laughs> they all look about the same. Right. If, if you watch any of the Clone Wars stuff, uh, you yeah. know that he has a son. Got it. It's like um, anytime I see the Clone Wars hut stuff where you see lots of different huts, yeah. it makes me think of Futurama. The, um, what's the alien species that are always eating humans? And oh, The one has a son. Yeah, I don't remember. They're green. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I crap. About that. Anyway. You're just going to yell it out later. Yeah. Okay, so they're leaving Tatooine. And... Jesus, he does not give a... He does not care about his mom at all. <laughs> Anakin's what? like... No, no that's the central... Like, that's Anakin... 
That's what really his whole him, deal. Yeah, that's really, his, that's oh, because he doesn't seem to care at all when he's leaving. No, no he's scarred by. He's got terrible abandonment issues. Well, that's like they Anakin's. could have done a better job of showing. I think they, that. I think they did I think a pretty they, good job. Yeah. How did it look? Well, there's a lot of stuff that you'll see in episode two. Okay, well, in this movie, it just looks like he's leaving. The, the, he doesn't he, cry. A he. Well, he's just not a good actor. <laughs> well, oh, so now too. you're blaming it on the actor? <laughs> yeah, fuck I think Jake Lloyd. Part of it is he's not. I mean, I don't want to like rag too hard on a ten-year-old actor in a movie that isn't good, but he doesn't do a good job. So, but there is the scene where he goes to leave, and but he's super what's excited, he and he turns around and he goes, "She's not coming with us." And then he runs to her and hugs her, and he she tells him that this is what he was meant to do. He gets on the ship. He definitely and, sounds sad, but maybe yeah, he doesn't look sad. And and Padme asks him, "She's like, what's wrong?" He's like, "I'm cold. I miss my mom." Like there, there's that whole like you sound like Robin again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cold. Oh, yeah, I can't there's do Robin's magic voice. in the air. <laughs> he starts singing. <laughs> it uh, look. I'm not a Star Wars guy, and I can. Well, tell that's why you we're doing this. That the way I took it was that I think about any connection between a boy and his mom who raised him. No, no dad around. Only, only like parental figure. It to me did not come across like. He, it, he he should have maybe acted out more, but or, there, or maybe better dialogue. Yeah, but also, I mean, what do you mm-hmm. want to see? Like, I feel like a real ten-year-old would probably just be bawling and you know and hysterical. And that would be a good movie. That'd be I'm it. Would be to hard to. That. Yeah, it's like all right. That I think, makes me really bummed. Well, well it, maybe so, it's we agree to disagree, but to me, the. It did not come across like he really cared. Yoda even says, I sense much fear in you. Miss your mother, you do. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm Robin. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm, a, I'm a fucking bunny from the Muppets. <laughs> oh, uh, Beam? Beam? Yeah, but anyone would miss that Robin's mother. a frog. Even someone who's... Oh, that's right. He's a littlest frog. Yeah, he's, um, he's Kermit's nephew. Right, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyone w- in that situation would miss their mother. It does not come across like miss your mother so much that I'm going to destroy the galaxy. Well, well, it builds over time, but his and you'll see when we watch the other two of the prequels. He basically replaces his the 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 vacuum in his emotions uh, that he has for his mother. He replaces that with the emotion that he feels for for Padme. Yeah, he's a classic, you know, abandonment uh, codependency. Okay. Dude. Uh, but let's not gloss over the fact that episode four, or episode one, I'm sorry, does something that is probably the worst thing that happens in any of the Star Wars prequel films, or any Star Wars film, period, for that matter. And that is, they introduce this idea of living organisms inside of a person's blood that determine how sensitive and attuned to the Force you are. Instead of just being gifted, right? And not being able to put into words, but you feel a stronger connection to the Force, like a prophet almost... They they give a biological, chemical explanation that there are things like, essentially, I get they're essentially mitochondria that live inside you that control whether or not you can use the force. They're called midichlorians, and it is the stupidest fucking thing. I, I we said that like all living things have them. It's just how much you have of them, right? right? Correct. And they're like, oh, look up, Master Yoda. This motherfucker's midichlorians is off the chart. Can you not so- inject yourself with them? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, uh, that would be a cool story. So, okay, so that's the thing. Every Star Wars fan hates it. I don't give a shit. It never bothered me, and I feel like I'm the only one. Like, no, I don't care. I like. I, I'm fine with there being a scientific explanation for the Force. 
Uh, I'm also fine with there not being. I'm fine with it being a religious, um, metaphysical, supernatural thing. I'm also fine with it being, oh, his metachlorian count is high. It doesn't change the quality of the story to me. But a lot of people hate it. So, you know. Right. It's it's like um it it's like Han shot first. Yeah. Uh which I which I have less of an issue with than right. I do with Midichlorians. Yeah, I'm just saying like it's it's mm. become a huge talking point for big Star Wars fans. But to me it just doesn't I, affect the tone of the movie. I, mean, that I, much. I can tell you, like I was disappointed when I found out that that was what like what? Like you just randomly are born with these things? And they the reason he created it was so that he could make this argument that the midichlorians created him inside of his mother's womb. Seems like, I mean, if you're going to have this supernatural force or any of this shit, you don't really need a reason why. No, you don't. Didn't it's, Anakin's mom say that like she, he, she, he didn't have a father? Yeah, right. that's, and that's wise because the midichlorians so he's congealed like, in her womb and, oh, it's creepy. So Anakin is... Jesus. Jesus. He's, he is the, the signaler of a prophecy in jedi lore it doesn't play out the way they always expected it to you know when they say to bring balance to the force much like most religion right um but he is a very (laughs) wackity schmackity do he's a he's an important figure uh some of them believe it look liam qui-gon i think is the one who is who is sold the most on the idea that anakin is the chosen one okay uh a lot of the other jedi are more skeptical yeah, Anakin isn't just some kid. It's like he's like Harry Potter, more or less. So they make it to the Senate. Yeah. What um planet is this? Coruscant. 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 Which is the capital of the galaxy. It's it's one it's the big galactic center. Yeah. It's the whole planet is a big city. It looks like the scenes you see on Coruscant. That's the whole planet. The entire planet looks That's like crazy. That. And I don't mean that the entire. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't mean that the entire galaxy revolves around Coruscant, but it's at what they it's at what they call the galactic center. It's the nearest to presumably the black hole that the rest of the galaxy rotates around. Okay. I have here written down that Princess Deadpan is Deadpan because oh yeah, my god, I think. Uh, yeah, to me, if I think about like who's doing the most stilted acting, Natalie Portman does come across as like blank the whole time. The whole time, and do, does it not seem like she is trying to talk through her face without moving it? But you know why? You know right. why that's a thing? It's so that they can seamlessly change Padme and the the handmaiden out in the makeup, so that you don't really. I mean, anyone that's halfway intelligent figures out very early on what's going on there. But oh, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, I mean, even the scenes where she's, where just, she's Padme, just Padme, right. she, her acting is weird and stilted. But I think it's because for the most part, nothing around them is real. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Let's all try to do um, what she does and speak through our lips without moving our face. Viceroy, we will not stand for this aggression. I'm a princess. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Listen, she's got so much shit on her lips. I really man. like pizza. What, why do you sound like that? Anakin. We all always like be friends. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sleep with you. That's disgusting. You're like four. You're such a little boy. <laughs> You're <laughs> a what? A special little boy. That, I felt like um, <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> But even even in the other two movies, she's she's 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't read interviews with her talking about how she played that role, but it's not great. <laughs> I don't think she even talks about it. I don't know. I don't know that I've read a lot. I mean, I you can everyone that's in these films has done an interview or you know talked about their experience, but I don't know that I've read a lot about her thinking back and and remembering these films. Do you think she likes this role better than the role she did in V for Vendetta? I hope so. It probably made her a lot more fucking money. Well, yeah, and she was a lot younger. I mean, she was only 16, I think, when the first one was made. Mm. What? No. She was young. She was uh, under 20. I know that. Yeah, maybe so. She and I aren't that far off in age. I'll just look up uh, how old she is. Well, how old were you in 1999? 18. So so there you go. Yeah, I I think she might be a year older than I am, so maybe she was 19. She she is 35. Oh, she's the same age as I am. June 9th, 1981. Okay, so we're the same age. She was, yeah. she was 18. Same birthday? No. No. Quit giving my birthday away, Blake. <laughs> Everybody's going to be able to find me so easy. Yeah, they're just going to well, All that means now is that they know your birthday is not January 9th. Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> so that's, You've eliminated one out of 365. It's not the... And they know it's not today. Otherwise, we would have said happy birthday to them. Well, then it really would have been given away. All right. How... All right, so she goes in there to do a no confidence. I know that that's not what she thinks she's going to do right off the bat. Does it not seem like no confidence is a big deal But to everyone when she says that? But, how? I mean, how does it lead up to that point where, like, one random person who's never been to a Senate meeting is like, no confidence, mic drop, and then everyone freaks out? Did that not seem a little weird? Wait, who's never been to a Senate meeting? The princess. No, she totally queen. has. She's, yeah, like, she's, she the, has. she's the sovereign ruler of her So planet. she has done this before. Yeah, I course. thought that she was a new queen. She is, she is not the senator. She, well, she is a newer queen, but she, and she's the youngest queen. They talk about that, that they've ever elected. But she is... Yeah, she's not the senator, the representative, but presumably this is a, a thing that she has to do from time to time. She's not so okay. clueless as to what's happening here. Because um, she is clueless to the way she's being played. Yeah. Also, let's talk about two things really quickly on this note since we're at this scene. Uh, Tim Stamper, is that his name? The guy, General Zod, that's the uh, Supreme Chancellor of Valorum. He plays General Zod in Superman Returns. Okay. No, Superman 2. Wait a second, wait a second. Um, not in Man of Steel. Not that actor. No, no, no. That's fucking, uh, what's his face? Michael, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I think it's Tim Stamper. I think is his name. Or and who is he playing in Stamper. Star Wars? It's, uh, Supreme Chancellor Valorum. Um, the one that who is the Supreme Chancellor before Palpatine is voted in. I can't even remember what he looks like. He's General Zod in Superman 2. I just remember him grunting and like, and then sitting down like defeated. Yeah. Uh, I weird. I have no recollection. No I, confidence. And then he's like, "Wow, oh. did you just watch this film? No, I didn't watch it God this time it, around. Amos. I don't have access to it right now. I mean, I could have given you access to it. I could have given you. I don't access have a DVD player. I would not have. I don't own that. Whatever. All right. Uh, do you have? Do you have <laughs> a going Blu-ray? forward? <laughs> no, going forward. No, joking. No going one forward. Has these I have. Okay. I have digital copies of these. I'll give them to you. Okay. And that way you can you can keep up with uh, the the faces of Star Wars. He just did, did David just like did jazz hands well, see, from the top of his head down I watched to his chin. It, I watched it so many times that I, I felt right. like I'd be fine, but that's one piece that I just don't remember. Yeah. I mean he's only in it very briefly, but it is a great it's not a cameo, but it is a good it's fun because like how often do you see General Zod in movies? 
I never. I remember her saying Chancellor Valorum, but I don't remember his face. I vote. For, I call for a vote of no confidence in no. Chancellor <gasps> Valorum. No confidence. Yeah, okay, love, she's English at the beginning of this, and then she's not after a while. <laughs> she just puts it on. Yeah. But uh, the. The other part that I wanted to mention since we're at the scene is how amazing Ian McDermott is in this film. Which one's Ian McDermott again? He's uh, Palpatine. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. He's uh, also somewhat features in every... More or less. Well, wait. Uh, In A New Hope, do you see him in a hologram or not? No, that's only in Empire. They just talk about him. And the actor that played him in Empire Strikes Back uh, was not him. They have since gone in and replaced him with Ian Ah, McDermott. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that CG, that doesn't look anything like what you see in Return of the Jedi. Right. Not at all. It looks like he's got these weird bugged out eyes. Yeah. I love I love when he goes, into the real power of the Republic, the bureaucrats. The bureaucrats. <laughs> the bureaucrats. Are. He's not he's French. French. No? That's he not is, he he's like? Nubian. We. Oui. He is Nubian. He is the Senate. He is the senator to uh, Naboo. Also, hey, no so, so Emperor Palpatine and Jar Jar are from the same place. Have you have you seen? Did you see the ETs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In what? the Senate? Well, wait, are they in that one or are they in Attack of the Clones? I thought they were in this one. I didn't see him in this. We've talked about this, haven't we? ETs. Uh, there is a there is a clip in one of the prequel movies where you see two or three ET aliens, like from the Spielberg movie ET, mm-hmm. in the Senate, which has led to an internet theory that. E.T. Uh, was a Jedi. Yeah, E.T. was one of the Jedi who escaped the... Well, you haven't seen that part yet. <laughs> Wait a minute, but I thought that this happens before this current timeline. This happens before everything. Yeah. Wait, what is this? As in, like, the real world. Oh, right. It's a long time ago in a galaxy yeah, far, far yeah, away. Yeah. But presumably, he in traveling between galaxies, it... We're talking about space-time here, man. Let's, yeah. This is... A long time ago could really be ten seconds, because it's all relative. Oh, you guys suck. Okay. So, but this is a cool scene. The the Senate scene is stupid, but it's it's fun. It was fun. I was okay with it. And then all of a sudden, she freaks out and she's like, "I gotta go back," which I don't get. I gotta go back. Well, you know, because she doesn't want to abandon her people. Well, she attempted to remove the 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 Trade Federation presence from Naboo mm-hmm. using politics, and that failed. But they were like, "Fuck no!" They were like, "That's not what's happening." We got uh uh-uh. uh. Like, do yep. we not have, can you, I mean, could have they not, like, videotaped something to show, or, I mean, come with some kind well, of they, evidence? Well, they weren't arguing whether or not they were, their presence on Naboo was was a thing. They were arguing whether or not their presence and their invasion of Naboo was legal. Mm. Samuel L. Jackson looks really great in this movie. How old was he? Uh, late 50s. Because he's 71 now, and these movies were... 18 years ago? Maybe he no. just looks good because he's sitting yeah. next God. to Yoda. <laughs> well, Yoda. sitting next to some imposter Yoda. Yeah, he would have been mid-50s. Not, not even 53, maybe. So that wasn't the real Yoda? And it was Yoda, but it doesn't look yeah. anything like it. Well, the movie, the version that he would have saw. Oh, they and, changed it? Yeah, they've changed it to make oh. him look more like Yoda. They've replaced oh. that one. If you go back and look at photos or video from the original release of this film... Mm-hmm. Yoda is horrifying. He would have only been... <laughs> he was like, pretty horrifying in the original. I, I don't think so. He's, he's a creepy looking thing. <laughs> he's like a... He's Wait, like is a, he bigger or smaller than the one I watched? He's like a goat frog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the theatrical release of The Phantom Menace... Throat. The Yoda character was a puppet, right? Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Muppet. Okay, yeah. Voiced and, and puppeted by Frank Oz. Right. Well, just like he was in, in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Right. But it's a very different looking puppet 
he looks like a different character than he does in Empire Strikes Back. In Empire Strikes Back, he doesn't really have much hair around him, and he looks like a little troll thing with giant ears poking out. But in, in to me, in the theatrical release of Phantom Menace, he actually looks like what a human might look like after nine hundred years. Right, just yeah. keeps shrinking and turning the moss greener. Just keeps and, on him. He looks more humanoid to me than he does in the other. He's he's stuff. a little scary. Like he looks a little friendlier, and he's definitely more, he looks like something more out of the labyrinth than he does. Okay, the easiest way he looks to like do a this. combination of Yoda and Chucky. <laughs> yeah, he he legit looks like the version of Yoda you would have gotten had Yoda been a character in the labyrinth, whereas the one from Empire and Jedi looks like the version of Yoda you'd get if they had been in the Dark Crystal. <laughs> That's a Henson Muppet joke for you guys. So they go back to Tatooine. 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 Tatooine is that what They go said? back to Tatooine. What? They do. Is the queen? They don't. They go to Naboo. Naboo. Yeah. They go so they go back to Naboo. <laughs> yeah. What are they trying What is the queen trying to do? Like liberation. I so I understand that they're going back because she wants like to be with her people. Right. But what is her plan? Like why are they going back to the castle or whatever like the headquarters whatever her home is why is she Nabubia. why is she trying to go there what is she, what is her end game to i think she wants i think she's just kind of going to be a martyr i don't know if she has like a plot to i think i think she knows that they can't kill her because if they kill her right she's a martyr and that there'll be an outrage in the senate but we can agree that it's not clear as to what her actual plan is. Or, wait. Like, do you mean a plan, like, on how she's actually going to get into the city and kill people? No, 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 no. So I'm, I'm jumping out ahead a little bit. So, you know, they, they, they land on Naboo. They make a peace treaty with the Gundams, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah, the giant robots. They would be way more... Evangelion. They'd be way more useful. Gungans. Than Gungans. Gungans. Right. Gungans. Gungans. Yeah, yeah. So they, they make peace with the Gungans. Re- hold on real quick. Can I just tell you that I won a $100 bet when this movie came out from a fellow Star Wars nerd that I had uh, uh, AP uh, European history with? We got into an argument. His name was Jack. We got into an argument about whether or not these Gungans were the same things that Han Solo told Luke he was strong enough to pull the ears off of oh. in Empire Strikes Back. Isn't that a Gundark? Gundark. Yeah. Gundarks are like weird, like frog ape creatures. But the best part was this, this guy was so fucking sure of it. He's like, come on, man. You're not as big a Star Wars fan as I am. I'm telling you right now, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, Jack, let's bet $100 on that. We took our happy asses on Saturday up to the fucking cinema and we watched episode one and I walked out of there well, like $90 richer because the $10 <laughs> movie ticket that I had to pay for. God, was it $10 back then? Anyway. Yes, yeah, probably eight. So they make peace with the Gungans. Yeah. Not the Gundarks. Not the Gundarks. Or the Gundams. Or the Gundams. <laughs> um, and Or the dumb guns. Boss Gungam named Boss, Boss Nass. Nass. Balls Nass. <laughs> yeah, Balls Nass. Balls, balls and Ass. He's just called Balls Nasty. Balls and ass to his friend really likes that everyone bows to him, and that's why he he goes for it. Right? He's very Trumpy. Okay, and then he does his signature, <laughs> and then we know that there's a plan. Maybe we saw being friends. <laughs> oh God! 
That's exactly what he does. Yeah. I like that you you even put in like his finger. <laughs> the way he does his, this like, thing. Finger movement there. <laughs> you guys can't see it. But Amos is losing what I, what I imagined was Donald Trump on a call with like Australia. Yeah, with Turnbull or whatever his name is, going maybe we should be a friend. <laughs> I'm not going to try to do a Trump voice. Sometimes I can, sometimes Sad. <laughs> Sad. Anyway. So the, they, they strike the deal with the Gungans. The Gungans are going to lead a diversion attack against the droid army just outside the city, right? Yep. So they go in with the Jedi, and their mission is to basically get to the throne room where they can reestablish communication with the planet, reestablish communication after they break, after they break the blockade in space, uh, and capture the Nemoidians who are doing this unlawful act. Uh, they send the ships up, and uh, when they get to the hangar, shit gets wild. Yep. The, Anakin flies and accidentally is the person that blows up. Well, of course. The, the, in, let's just talk about the dialogue. There's some golden dialogue. Also, how did we get past Tatooine without talking about Darth Maul? Yeah, I did kind of wonder about that. I didn't have any questions about Darth Maul then, because we don't. we only really see one... Like so, there's really two scenes with Darth Maul, right? He fights um, Qui Gon on Tatooine, and it's a quick fight. And they're just like, "Hey, he's strong." And then we, and then we have the main fight that we're about to get into, right? I didn't yeah. really have, I don't have many many questions about mm-hmm. Darth Maul because I understand. Well, that's what makes him a great that. character is that he's just like evil incarnate. Yeah, it's also important that this is the first time a Jedi to their knowledge, has encountered a Sith in a very long time. So they're not like, oh, look, a Sith. They're like, they get attacked by this guy, and whoa, he's got a lightsaber. Whoa, he's really good. What's going on? Why is this lightsaber red? Red. (laughs) Yeah, usually that's a bad sign. (laughs) And Um, then there's only two, right? Yeah, there's only ever two. There's only ever two. Yep, master and apprentice. I wonder if that was the master or the apprentice. Well, and since we're right here, the the lightsaber fight between... If I really am, am nostalgic for this film, I just watched the lightsaber fight between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul. Because it's okay, the so best part. Let's of jump film. to that. How many um, Star Wars movies are there a fight or something... Like some plot point happens that you're really high up. <laughs> and someone no, could... There's or a could lot of fighting fall. on platforms. Yeah. yeah. It's like another, another scene in which someone could fall to their death. Raise those stakes. Yep. Is that why the the lightsaber battle at the end of Attack of the Clones feels kind of anticlimactic? Which one? Um, the one between Anakin and Qui Gon before Yoda gets there. Between Anakin and Qui Gon. An- I'm sorry. I th- Anakin, Obi Wan, and uh, Darth Tyrannus. Oh, oh, yeah. Because it's just like in a hangar. There's no, there's no platforms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're just like, ah, you mean no one can fall? Nah. Wait a minute. No one's going to get tossed off something? Fuck this. My wife is watching this with me and she's like, um, so wh- what are those? I was like, oh, those are, those are Sith. And she was like, they're dancers. <laughs> well, um, that actor, shit, what's his name? Ray Parks. Yeah. He is. Toad from the X Men movies. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, is more a, uh, Martial arts expert. They're I def- guess, he, those those Sith moves are dancey as hell. There's he a like lot kicks of kicks. His feet out. He looks a like River of, Dance there a lot for of a little flips. while. That's why he was hired for the role. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. And then I think like the way Sith are um, training, it's it's much more fluid than Jedi's who are kind of more. I don't know, like a, a fencer or something like that. 
whereas maybe the Sith are more like, um, what is that fighting style, which your legs are moving around a lot? Oh, Let's man. just say Capoeira. Yes, that's oh, what I was going right, with. Cool. Banana whale. <laughs> no, no one? Only the strong? Never mind. Oh, I was, it made me think of um, Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Uh, that was a good episode. I mean, that's Ooh, the only, that's the That's the only episode that show I've ever seen. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God, it's so good. Capoeira. I love that show. The death of Qui-Gon. I cared more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, because he's a fantastic character. I, Qui-Gon is one of the most, in, and it's shitty because he's only in one fucking movie out of seven, eight movies now. He's in one movie. And to me, he's one of the most interesting figures because of his uh, refusal to adhere to exactly what the council says. He he believes more in the force and less in the council. I think that's probably what we were trying to, to get at earlier. Well, yeah, but I still feel like there's some other more codified thing. Like, like he's an, part of a Jedi tradition that is a little different than... The mainstream. I hope he has his own comic book that's called Qui, comma, gone, period. (laughs) I do. I do want to see some other stories about him. Yeah, I would love to see. uh, Maybe there are. I don't know. Well, there are in the stuff that Disney deemed that they um, retconned out uh, tumorous that they removed (laughs) that they removed in a surgical incision when they announced all the new stuff. Um, And he gets asked out really shittily. He gets what? Asked out. Killed. Oh. Like, fucked up. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, he knows that it's going to happen because he gets hit in the face with the, the dual-ended lightsaber, you know, like the, with the, the middle, the, the hilt of it. Yeah. He gets punched in the face with it, and it causes him to get his head knocked back, and he knows then exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, and it's almost like he's making peace with what he knows is about to happen. Um, I, had, I heard an argument from someone recently that was saying that they believe the only way for a, a, a Jedi to become a Jedi is to have their master be killed. And if their master isn't killed, they go to the dark side. I was like, that's way oversimplifying things. Just because we've seen three of them have their masters killed and then become Jedi is not indicative of the fact. They just have to go through some trials, man. That's that's, that's literally though. it. <laughs> and But I thought I still thought that the, the, the fight scene was good. And, yeah, it's fantastic. You know. Um, Obi Wan killing him looked it. It didn't feel dumb. I thought it was good overall. Yeah. It was a good fight scene. The only thing that was weird to me was w- before when Qui Gon was like meditating, but whatever. That's how he do. Mm-hmm. So that's how we do. So let's roll back to the the fight with the Gungams. Jar Jar Binks makes any battle cartoonish. Like that could have been a great battle. Instead, it was just a good one, and mainly because Jar Jar did so many like cartoony things. Oh, where he's got the the torso or whatever of the droid like yeah. stuck to him, and he's somehow shooting other droids by fumbling around. And then he also hides from battle under like the a tank, the tank that's filled with the exploding blue testicles, and or the, the, the cart. It's like a cart. Yeah, it's a cart, and he opens it up, and like it destroys a bunch of things successfully. He's hanging on to the back of it, and, and then all of a sudden he's like on a tank gun, and uh, you just hear yakety sax in your head the whole time. And, and, like the whole time, it's like <laughs> oh, this, this blue thing in the hero. Right, it's like a scene Dude, from the Three Stooges. My oh. my absolute favorite part of this entire the 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 scenes wherein the Gungan are fighting the the droid army is when he's riding on the side of that tank, he's like holding on to like the barrel of that gun and Captain Tarpole comes by and he goes, Jaja, use your booba, which I guess a booba the is. The blue ball. Or the blue balls, right? He goes, use a booba. He goes, me no gas no booba. Like, what? How did he get to a war? Like, 
how did we end up with this high functioning autistic guy is essentially allowed to just hold weaponry. Jar Jar, use the booba. Misa no gotta no booba. I like the idea of it being translated. That's the we should go through and um, redub all of the all of his stuff. But yeah, but make it like. Just regular people talking. Misa no gasa no booba. No. Misa no gasa no booba, man. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap up. Let's wrap this movie up. Okay. Um, Anakin goes into space. He does. He says things like, "Let's try spinning. That's a neat trick." Wizard. Oh. Now this is pod racing. I mean, he's got. This so is why Jake ones. Lloyd was endlessly fucking destroyed in college. Was but probably because of these scenes. Mm. And then he accidentally like blows the ship up because why not? Everyone, everyone who's a trained battle star, whatever. Um, there are no battle can't stars. Do it. And but he just accidentally sneaks in when the shields are down and blows up some droids and whatever. Well, he is like Force Jesus, so. In Star Wars, that doesn't mean that he turns the other cheek. It means he's a badass killer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then all the droids no longer function. So Look, they all brokey. They're all brokey. Look, they all brokey. And <laughs> then it goes to a scene in which everyone's standing around the burning body of Qui-Gon, which was so weird. Jedi funerals are like Viking funerals. Except you watch a person burn close up. Yeah. I- I'm looking at Anakin watching... Like Qui Gon, like this is disgusting. <laughs> the the best part is is uh, of this film for me is the way that it ends so spectacular, so spectacularly, sh- uh, like quick, yeah, or short, right? Like rapidly, we get to the, there's a huge parade where the Gungans are let back into the the city. The another main, the city another the ceremony. How many Star Wars movies end with a but ceremony? The best part is is that the Gungans then give the Naboo or yeah the 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 humans of Naboo they give them one of those things from Spencer Gifts that like when you put your fingers on it the light goes all around. Oh, it. I thought it was a blue ball. I thought they were like <laughs> they don't drop booba. it. They gave him a booba. They gave him an explosive. <laughs> He's a Nabooba. Don't a drop a Nabooba. <laughs> it's all we have <laughs> hey don't drop on a booba to me they sound more but they're like like here's this thing we bought for you from spencer gifts put your fingers on it the electricity will go to it and they're like yeah this is great hold we it did up it. and it's over that's all i got man so um, let's let, best part about this thing for you best part of the movie hands down period it could be a scene a character <laughs> liar best best part of this movie to me was hands down the race Okay. Easily, the race was fun. It was done real well. It, my, my favorite part of the race is the engines and how different all of the different yeah the design. Pods sound. You know, I still thought that the technology was really neat in the whole movie, and like the character, the characters' designs for the most part were really neat. Like the the fish underwater, and then even like the Gungan underwater city was neat. Like those things were great. The details were actually pretty great. But everything else that weren't details, like plot and acting, I, I felt were not good. What about you, Amos? What do you think the, the best part of this film is going forward? What do you mean going forward? Like, looking back on it now, like what do you take oh, with you from um, this film that's, that's still something that you, you like? Shit. I mean, the, I guess the pod race. Uh, but it has no place in, you know. Yeah, it just it's shoved in there. It's just like, well, you know, Anakin's got force powers. Let's show it. Because uh, he's not going to fight with a lightsaber. Right. Uh, I think my my favorite scene is still watching all the big fish eat each other. 
it's got nothing to do that's with what i'm the saying the details of this movie were neat the Some world building i thought was neat it's just the movie itself that i didn't like it's not neat yeah what about you dave uh, you know what's interesting is this film was released a month after Matrix. Huh. So to put it in some context of other sci-fi that was out the same year. Wow. CG Matrix is way better. Than yeah. Phantom Menace, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the sequels of Matrix are probably on par with Phantom Menace, in all honesty. For the same reason. An over-reliance on CG. All I remember is albino <laughs> dudes with dreads. You don't remember Raves and Caves? Oh, yeah. Dave Raves? Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, so I think for me, two things. Qui-Gon, excellent character. Um, Liam really did such a good job. He truly did. I wish we could see more of it. Yeah. I, I wonder if his ghost will show up. I wonder if it would be so cool if Luke had been spending time communing with Qui-Gon. Yeah. If Qui-Gon it would also like, be kind of weird. Communing with Qui-Gon. He'd be like, why did, you're a ghost. Why do you still age? <laughs> Shut up idiot um and duel of the fates is easily the most badass piece of music ever written oh. for a science fiction movie of uh, any movie of how all does the time. song go it's the thing that plays when you couldn't have missed it it was number one on trl Isn't that, for like dun, a dun, month dun, 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 yeah it's got it is it's got all the choral singing in it. That song makes me want to like fight people, right? And uh, fight Sith. Yeah, throw overthrow our government. Things like that. Like you know, exciting things. <laughs> it's very it sounds, inspirational. If you if you inspir- play it, well, it sounds evil though. It sounds like bad things are coming. You better fight them. You better get ready. That's what I'm saying. Like it's inspirational. Like oh, take up kind arms. Of a, yeah, take yeah, up arms. I guess it, makes, right. it makes me run real fast on the treadmill. So we did best things. We'll start with Dave. <laughs> worst things about this movie. Without a fact, the two without a doubt, the worst parts of this film are Jar Jar Binks and the over reliance on politics and economics. Did not need it. And just really not a place in I mean, even Star Trek does not feature this much politics and economics. Amos? Well, other than Jar Jar. You can say Jar Jar. Maybe R2-D2 and C-3PO. No, really? They're, they're not the worst they're part. They're much worse but, than Attack of the Clones. But they have no reason to be there at all. No like, one has any reason to be there. This, well, <laughs> the great thing about this film no one has any reason is that I understand why it's not listed in the... The machete order? The machete order. Yeah, you Because don't it, it has nothing to do... It has as much to do... It has less to do with the storyline than Rogue One does. Yeah, I mean, sort of. It's a new storyline. Uh, I, I just it changes things from the other movies. Like, oh wait a second, Darth Vader built C three PO. What the fuck? And then when Obi Wan says in A New Hope, recall never owning a droid. I feel like R2 is going, what the fuck are you talking about, Obi-Wan? It's been years, but we spent so much time with you. <laughs> but no one can understand him because he's going. <laughs> and C-3PO is like, oh, shut up. Let's pretend we don't remember. Well, maybe they don't remember. They're robots. They get wiped. They, I guess they had to have been. Ugh. So that's so. Oh, Darth Vader. Hello, master. Right. For me, absolutely Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Worst part of this movie. 
<clears throat> Second worst part was the queen and her deadpan acting really pissed me her off. Queening. <laughs> yeah. Her queening. Yeah. I what that am means. in charge. Everyone listen to me and my people. We are important. It almost sounds like the life, like uh, if, you, if you're not able to speak, like Stephen Hawking's voice. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's how I remember it. Now. I am the queen. There's some... My anyway. people must be taken care of. Help them, please. So I'm glad I'm never going to have to watch this movie again. Even yesterday, I told my wife, in my entire life moving forward from today, I will never watch this film ever again. And that is the first time I've ever said that about any bad film and meant it. I'm very glad the we... Phantom meant it. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> I'd glad... Watch, I'd rather watch Phantom S 10 times than Suicide Squad 1. Time. No, no way. Yep, I would much 100%. rather... Nope, I will watch... High five over here for that one. I'll get, I'd rather get Suicide Squad tattooed oh, that movie on my body bullshit. than watch Phantom Menace <laughs> again. Better, don't be a fool. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So, anyways... Phantom Menace is just... Bleh. Suicide Squad was wire my eyes on fire. Yeah. What if we took uh, Jar Jar Banks and put him in the next Suicide Squad? What do you think about that? Could it make it any worse? I don't think so. It might even be better. Yeah. If uh, we would have started with this, by the way, I would have been like, "We're not doing." <laughs> if we, if we would have started uh, the Star Wars podcast about Phantom Menace, we would have only done one Star Wars well, it's, podcast. It's why the Machete Order cuts it out. But yeah, we're doing a different order because we want to do all films and. Uh, but don't get too excited about Attack of Clones or Revenge of the Sith. They're not exactly a one. What are we watching next? Better. Next, we're watching uh, The Empire Strikes Back. All right, so episode next, five next next month, we're gonna have that. And everyone remember that this month, the Sequoia Suggest comic that we're going to read is Planetary by Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. Uh, 27-issue run that took place over five years. Jesus Christ. So start reading that. And until next time, the comic book... Wait, 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 wait. What? What? How many Star Wars do you give this? Oh, that's right. That's part of this is that you have to rate this on a scale. Yeah, you've talked about how awful it is, so I'm not expecting a lot of Star Warses. All right, so we'll start. Team, how many Star Warsies do we give this film? We'll start with Amos. Well, it's definitely the worst one, in my opinion. But it's still Star Wars, and it's got Duel of the Fates and Qui-Gon Jinn. So yeah, it's. I'm wondering, am I am I rating it compared to the other Star Wars movies, or just as a movie? Because I wouldn't say it's okay. Well, then it's a one. But if I was just going to say, compared to other things I've seen, it's probably a three. How many Star Wars... What is the scale again? Is it ten or five? It's five Star Wars. Oh. Oh. Then maybe a two. I will give this a 1.5 Star Warsies. I give it two Star Warses. All right, there we go. Bad film. What else, what else were we going to say? Yeah, so we're going to be reviewing uh, The Empire Strikes Back next month, episode five. We're going to pick back up regular machete order. We took a brief detour to discuss episode one. Mistake. Uh, no, necessary. Now you've seen it. Wait, I thought machete order was... Four, five, one, and two, then two, three. two, three, Got it. six. Yeah. Got it. So we're just, we just put one in there. So you can see the genesis of both Luke and Anakin in relatively short succession. succession. We could have done one, four... But I didn't want to do that for the exact reason that you mentioned, that you would not have kept. It would be... <laughs> you were like, like, nope, we're not doing any more of these specials this year, you dumb dumb. Yeah. You gungan. You dumbgun. It's like pulling gungans. Yeah, so uh, we'll be doing that next month. And, of course, 
uh, Sequoia Speaks or whatever we're calling the episode. Sequoia <laughs> Speaks. <laughs> He's normally normally a mute. He doesn't from down say on the mountain. Yeah. Or up on the mountain. He comes down and brings us stone tablets. In this case, the stone tablets we'll be discussing in a, in two weeks' time uh, is Planetary by Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. Started in 1999, finished in I think 2004. So a 27 issue run of a series that took five years to put out. I haven't even started reading it, so. Get on that. <laughs> Me neither. Until next time, I want to remind all of you to watch a Star Wars film and also read a fucking comic. And also, <laughs> no one talked about genitalia this episode. Bye.